Next up, we've got the Tanith First and Only. Now, the Tanith First and Only are, uh... Well... In perspective of, uh... Comparing them to real-life armies, I... I'm not really sure, to be honest. I feel as though they probably would be closest to, like, maybe, like, uh, like, Navy Seals, or something like that. But the Tanith First and Only, officially called the Tanith First Regiment, but better known as Gaunt's Ghosts, is a regiment that was raised from the world of Tanith. The Tanith First and Only took part in the Sabbat World Crusade, a massive imperial crusade fought over the course of more than 23 years uh, during the like late 41st century, uh, 41st millennium, to help retake the Sabbat World Sector located at the Rimward edge of, uh, well, of their galaxy, I guess, from the heretical forces of chaos. During this Imperial Crusade, the world of Tarnith was destroyed by the forces of chaos. The Tarnith First Regiment earned their ironic moniker Gaunt's Ghosts as a result of the name of their commanding officer, Colonel Commissar Ibram Gaunt, and the disenfranchised status of the original Tarnith soldiers after the destruction of their homeworld. It's proven to be an appropriate nickname of some further application, as the Vergastide personnel influx into the regiment also considered themselves ghosts due to the destruction of their home hive city. The regiment is noted for uncanny stealth and reconnaissance capabilities amongst, amongst the most noteworthy adversaries of the Tanith First are the Blood Pact and the Sons of Set. Next up, we have the Attilan Rough Riders, which uh, I feel we can also tell where the naming concept came from. Now, unless I'm mistaken, these guys are inspired by the Huns. But this time, they're the ones that we're hoping to defeat the enemy. So let's get down to business. They are the Imperial Guard Cavalry Mounted Regiment that hails from the feral world of Attila. The Imperium recruits special cavalry mounted units known as Rough Riders. The fierce nomadic tribes and warrior horse lodges of Attila have perfected the art of cavalry techniques through thousands of Terran years of bloodshed. It is said that Attilans are born in the saddle, for they are amongst the greatest horsemen in the galaxy. Yes, that's right. The Attilan Rough Riders are actually using horses still in the 41st millennium, which uh, I will admit is a bit weird. <laughs> you would think in a sci-fi world that like, you know, horses are kind of redundant at this point, but alas. Now, next up, for the record, I'm getting all of these regiments from, uh, from a wiki page that detailed all of the major Imperial Guard regiments. This isn't all of them, it's just kind of the major ones. Now, one of the ones that wasn't on this list, but I decided to include it anyway, 
uh, something known as uh, the Penal Legion. Now, the Penal Legion, easiest way to think about them is that, what is this, some kind of suicide squad? They are the Suicide Squad of Warhammer 40k. They're essentially a bunch of really dangerous criminals that have been imprisoned and have been recruited into this army to take on these really dangerous missions. Uh, and the deal is like, if they manage to serve in enough uh, of these campaigns and they're still alive at the end, they will be uh, freed and they won't have to suffer, they won't have to get, keep getting punished for their crimes. And if they die, they are also free and no longer punished for their crimes. <laughs> so really, it's kind of a win-win situation here. These guys uh, would be really interesting to see like a, a solid story from, you know, with, uh, with quality characters and all of that kind of stuff. So next up, we've got the Praetorian Guard, uh, and the Praetorian Guard are regiments of the Imperial Guard raised from the world of Praetoria. Uh, Praetoria is a heavily populated hive world that lies in a star system close to the Imperial naval base at Barca. Barca! The overpopulated hive cities of Praetoria are renowned for their squalor and degradation, and produce some of the toughest hive ranges on any of the hive worlds in the Imperium. This vast population works as little more than slave labor in the huge manufactoria complexes in the world, producing the goods that have made the planet and its rulers amongst the richest in the Imperium of Man. Praetoria possesses a huge fleet of merchant craft that trade all over the Segmentum and beyond. Imperial Guard regiments raised on Praetoria are renowned for their iron discipline and bravery, even in the face of the most overwhelming odds. They detest slovenliness and disorder, and even in the midst of the fiercest battle, will ensure their ranks are correctly dressed in parade ground fashion and have their uniforms smartly fastened. The planetary lords of Praetoria hold it is only through fearsome training and draconian punishments for the most minor infringements that the hive-toughened inhabitants of this planet can be made to follow orders and do so, and do and they do, as long as they're told as part of a highly regimented military unit. The Praetorian Guard are easily recognizable in their distinctive uniforms, which is uh, pretty darn fly, not gonna lie. Pretty fly for a dying guy. Uh, I don't know exactly what army these guys are dressed as, but it's... Uh, oh, you know what? I feel like this might be like colonial era uh, Britain. So a lot of red, a lot of fancy red drip. <laughs> scarlet tunic and dark blue trousers with a vertical scarlet stripe on the outside leg. They're also easily recognized by their infamous Praetorian pith helmet, which is worn as headgear by both the common troops 
and officers alike. Next up we've got the Harakoni Warhawks. The Harakoni Warhawks, now listen to this, are uh, another group that is, uh, that is known for their jetpacks and by the looks of some of these pictures it seems as though their design is kind of based on maybe like uh, like Afghanistan uh, US soldiers or like US soldiers serving in Afghanistan which is uh, quite topical right now but hey this is fiction this is 40,000 years into the future the Harakoni Warhawks are elite airborne regiments of the Imperial Guard raised up from the Imperial world of Harakon, a low-gravity planet with impossibly tall hive cities. The Harakoni use grav gliders to hunt vapor worms in the valleys below their hives. This makes them fearless at high altitudes and natural experts at judging air currents. Their specialized abilities have found a home in the Imperial Guard, where regiments drawn from Harakon act as elite drop troops. Their generations-old adaptation to adverse gravity levels leaves the Harakoni Warhawks predisposed to excel at grav shoot drops into planetary combat zones from orbit. This style of combat also increases the Warhawks' use of elite stormtroopers' squads and small unit tactics over those preferred by standard line troopers of the Imperial Guard. The Harakoni wear carapace armor as standard, use rebreathers during a planetary drop to breathe in the ultra-thin atmosphere at high altitudes, and use folding stock las carbines or kinetic autogun as their primary weapons. Many an Imperial General or War Master owes their decorations to the bravery and experience of the regiments drawn from amongst the Harakoni Warhawks. Next up we've got the Savla Chemdogs and the Savla Chemdogs are Penal Legion regiments actually uh, that serve within the Imperial Guard. They draw their recruits from the prisons on the inhospitable penal world of Savlar by the promise that they'll be allowed to keep anything they take from the battlefield, as well as the chance to get away from Savlar's highly toxic environment, which I feel would be a pretty convincing argument. Though these guard regiments are primarily composed of immoral, desperate cutthroats, they've been forged into an effective fighting force and are some of the most hard-bitten, tenacious, and outright dirty fighters in the Imperium of Man. And their designs are, uh... Well, it's kinda like, uh... Honestly, it's kinda what you would expect if you were to get, like, uh... I don't know... Uh... Like, a maximum security prison and you recruit all of the most dangerous criminals in there. They kinda look like that complete with uh, with orangey coats as well. Next up, we've got the Mordant Acid Dogs, which is, uh, geez, a lot of dog-related stuff going about, actually. Now, the Mordant Acid Dogs are, uh, um, if I were to hazard a guess on what they're based on, 
I would probably say more like modern day soldiers. The Mordant Acid Gods are the Acid Dogs are the Imperial Guard regiments raised from the mining world of Mordant Prime. The Mordant Acid Dogs specialize in subterranean tunnel fighting. They're typically deployed to combat zones where the Imperial High Command wishes to take advantage of their natural affinity for dark and confined spaces. The harsh conditions of their world breeds extremely tough and resilient warriors who are perfect for conscription into the military forces of the Imperium. The people of Mordant Prime live in subterranean tunnels, where criminal gains are the only authority, preying upon the weak and extorting them for their meager resources. Only the skilled miners who are a part of the ancient organization of Mordant mining clans do not suffer from the extreme poverty experienced by the majority of the population. The miners contract local manual labor, paying them only enough to acquire the most basic of necessities, so they only get minimum wage, which forces them to live in rustic shacks in the shanty caverns of the world. The Mordant regiments draw their conscripts from those unfortunate wretches that can no longer tolerate the harsh life of their world and the horrid living conditions, or from those who have earned the dire wrath of one of the many criminal gains. So it's like, eh, you know, either join the army or probably get killed by a gang. Yeah, alright. I feel like the decision might be a little bit easier. <laughs> oh boy. The next up, we got the Brontean Lawn Knives, which, as you would probably expect, are very much uh, big big knife enthusiasts. Um, as far as what they're inspired by, I don't actually know if there is a real-life army that they're inspired by. But the Brontean Lawn Knives are conscripted in large numbers from the hive world of Bront. Despite the high level of violence present on this world, because a lot of them, uh, well, I mean, in this world, dueling is still a a very common practice with very, very sharp knives. Uh, surprisingly enough, the population of Bront is unusually self-disciplined. The people of Bront favor an assortment of blades over ranged weapons, which typically leaves their bodies scarred during the course of ritualized mass battles uh, using these, uh, these uh, big pointy things. These scars are proudly displayed, however, much like Mr. Zass uh, after just killing someone, serving as a mark of experience of an individual warrior's prowess and experience in battle. Next up, we have the Drukian Fenguard, and the Drukian Fenguard are the regiments of the Imperial Guard that hail from the Imperial world of Druk Six. Uh, what are they based on? Well, <laughs> I'm glad you asked. These guys are Scots! They're Scotsmen! They are true Scotsmen prancing, prancing about with their, with their kilts and their highlands and their bagpipes. Ah! 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 I feel like, okay, you know what, I'm gonna have to do this whole, the rest of this spiel in Scottish. Uh, so, 
Druk 6 is a harsh, bog-covered, and perpetually mist-covered swamp planet located in the far north of the Se Segmentum Obscurus. These unorthodox regiments are notable for their ability at scouting, stealth, and infiltration, and for the quick, deadly assaults they are experts at unleashing on the foe. Just like a true Scotsman, play the bagpipes over in the distance! We're going to war! Recently, the Druki and Vanguard committed 16 companies in the defense of Cadia and its surrounding star systems. Commanded by Abaddon the Despoiler during his 13th Black Crusade in 41999, the son of a bitch. These companies were commended for specialized actions in 12 noxious war zones. As we should! Yeah, okay, so I think I've decided what type of music I'm gonna be using for this part here. Uh, next up, I feel like, I feel like, um, I feel like, uh, the Fen God might be my favorite. <laughs> I feel like these guys are probably my favorite, not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> anyway, next up. We've got uh, the Kanak Skull Takers, which by the looks of it are kind of inspired by Vikings. So, the Kanak Skull Takers are Imperial Guard regiments that were raised from the volcano-wracked feral world of Kanak, which is home to many fierce barbarian tribes. It is said that many of these tribes are closer to an ogre than a baseline human being. Their talent for slaughter quickly found its way into the Imperial Guard, where considerable tolerance for their feral tactics has been seen. Like many feral regiments, service in the Imperial Guard is intended to teach the savage Kanak imperial ways so that if they ever return to their home world they will hopefully provide a civilizing influence to the indigenous population yeah okay I'm very very sorry about that botched Icelandic accent truth be told um, I kinda completely forgot how to do one from uh, from the from that Norse gods episode, and that was the first time I'd ever actually done research into how to do an Icelandic accent. So I'm sorry. Well, actually, wait. I was gonna say sorry to any Icelandics listening, but I just remembered there are no Icelandics listening to this. Uh, but still, uh, I apologize. Uh, anyway, next up we have. The Maccabian Janissaries? Um... Janissaries? I don't actually know which one uh, it is in this case. Um... Hold on, maybe if I see what they're dressed like, I'll get a better idea. Um... Okay, so they're kinda... They're kinda dressed actually really dope. They've got... They've got these metal masks on them. 
uh, and seem to have this, like, winter gear on them. Actually, it's kind of almost like, I want to say maybe, like, Hun or Mongol-ish? I don't know. I'm going to say the Maccabian Yanissaries. The Maccabian Yanissaries are an elite Imperial Guard regiment united by their zealous faith in the God Emperor and composed of the finest members of the Maccabian militia raised from the world of Maccabius Quintus, who follow in the footsteps of their great patron, patron the Imperial Saint Drusus. Drusus. I don't know. These regiments hail from the blessed world of Maccabius Quintus, an arid and bitterly cold shrine world located in the Calixus Center, where the great general Drusus fell and was raised up as a saint by the glory of the Emperor during the Angevin Crusade, which conquered the Calixus Center for the Imperium. This harsh world is not blessed because of the resources it possesses, which are few, or because of the climate, which is harsh, but because of the faith that grows there in abundance. A site of pilgrimage for the Imperial cults faithful across the Calixus sector, this shrine world has a significant military tradition all its own. These pilgrims form the core of the Maccabian militias, the planetary defense force of the shrine world, the finest of which are chosen to become Maccabian Yanissaries, like Saint Drusus, they defend or expand the Imperium in battle, which is regarded as the most pious form of worship of the God Emperor. To date, none have refused this honor, for all are driven by faith and the spirit of pilgrimage. To become a Yanissary is to embark upon a sacred, 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 I've lost where I was. To become a Yanissary is to embark upon a sacred pilgrimage of a different sort, carrying the Emperor's wrath to dark and distant places. They are truly fighting the good fight out there. So next up, let's go into the Brimlock Dragoons. So what are the Brimlock Dragoons, I hear you asking? Well, I shall explain that to you very eloquently right here. They're the regiments of the Imperial Guard that hail from the Imperial world of Brimlock, as you'd probably expect. Regiments drawn from this world are known to have a preference for operating as mechanized infantry, deploying in armored fist squadrons. Multiple Brimlock Dragoons regiments fought in the Damocles Gulf Crusade, the first military conflict fought between the Imperium of Man and the rapidly expanding Tau Empire. Now, the Brimlock Dragoons, uh, I suppose, aesthetically speaking, um, are probably closest to uh, Roman legionaries. We're talking like we're talking the Roman Empire right here. Uh, they got that kind of look rocking for them. Uh, next up, we have the Terax Guard, which I swear, like, I've seen this design before. But where? Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. But they do have a look 
to them. The Terex Guard are the elite regiments of the Imperial Guard raised on the world of Terex, the site of a major Scholar Progenium facility. The Scholar Progenium train many Imperial agents for war, most notably the elite stormtroopers and commissars, which are kind of like your, your leaders, your, um, your captains, and their methods are rigorous and effective. The tithed regiments raised on Terax have been trained under the auspices of the Scholar Exubitus and are truly molded in its image almost as an entire regiment of commissars, which is pretty dope, not gonna lie. Having a, a whole ass army of uh, commissars. That's pretty cool. Anyway, now we've got the Centillion Fusiliers, which, uh, you know what, now that I'm looking at these, maybe these guys are based on uh, the Napoleonic War era France. But anyway, the Centillion Fusiliers are the elite regiments of the Imperial Guard raised from the hive world of Centillia, the capital world of the Calixus Center of the Segmentum Obscurus. The guardsmen of these elite combined arms regiments are drawn from the best that the Centillion nobility has to offer. These forces are composed of the pampered sons and daughters of idle Centillion nobility who receive the finest training and equipment the Departamento Munitorum has to offer. These pampered sons and daughters of idle nobility receive the finest training, are equipped with the highest quality war gear, and are assigned to the most prestigious billets in the Spinwood Front. These facts, along with the habit of those in the Centillion Fusiliers at large of looking down upon and condescending towards anyone of lesser breeding, has given this regiment a decidedly unsavory reputation among the Imperial Guard at large. They're, uh... They're kind of your, your, your spoiled rich brats who are like, Oh yes, uh, oh, jolly good, let's uh, go to war because I shall receive glory for that. And then they actually get to war and then they're like, Oh my, no! And they, they probably get shot because the Imperial Guard is very good at doing that. Anyway, next up we have the Pyran Dragoons and... Honestly, first looking at these guys, the first thought that I got from them was that they reminded me of the elves from Lord of the Rings as far as their armor designs, which isn't even a real-life army, unless... The Pyran Dragoons are the elite regiments of the Imperial Guard that hail from the civilized world of Pyran, located in the Armageddon subsector of the Segmentum Solar, if you remember Armageddon. Considered haughty, conceited, and proud, much like the Centillion Fusiliers, the Pyran Dragoons are noticeably intolerant of those who are ignorant of the nuances of their stringent caste-based society. The Dragoons' regiments have gained a reputation for a failure to collaborate with other Imperial Guard formations. So, in a way, they're kind of like... Uh, they're kind of like the death core of Krieg, where nobody really wants to work with them, but it's more because they just hate everybody. And as far as I'm concerned, they don't really have 
enough skill or power to make up for it a lot of the time. So now we've got the Nocturn Strike Forces. The Nocturn Strike Forces are the elite regiments of Imperial Guard raised up from the world of Nocturn. And, uh, honestly, these guys kind of also remind me of, like, Germany. I don't know. Is it, like, the dark gray, bluish type of designs? I don't know. A lot of these are reminding me of, like, at the very least, World War II, which I suppose makes sense. Uh, these silent warriors, as you might expect from the name Noctan Strike Forces, are adept at stealth cover and concealment, night raids, and guerrilla tactics. The night vision of these troops is exceptional, and their dark skin adds to the elaborate camouflage they don as they assault an enemy position. Skilled at infiltration, many of Noctan's guardsmen range ahead of the main force, planting explosives and sowing confusion before hundreds of figures pour from the darkness into the foe's midst as part of a cunning ambush. So yeah, these guys, uh, they're quite the sneaky boys. Uh, they're quite the sneaky boys. Uh, <laughs> now these guys uh, are kind of a bit of a meme, in a way. Uh, and I shall... Uh, I'm sure you can tell just from the name of these guys. So, the Yopal Indentured Squadron. <laughs> Uh, these guys kind of have a bit of a funny story. <laughs> so, the Yopal Indentured Squadrons are Imperial Guard regiments that hail from the once peaceful Agri world of Yopal. On their homeworld, the Yopal owe their planetary government money as soon as they're born. <laughs> You're born and you are already in debt. <laughs> uh. Taking up valuable resources throughout their childhood, they incur a debt that they cannot repay until adolescence. Most citizens of Yopal spend the majority of their adult lives working off the debts they incur during the first part of their lives. There are ways around this system, however. The citizen can either borrow money from their local lord, or they can work off the debt to the government by joining the Yopal Indentured Squadrons! Yay! That sounds fun! Join the army to pay off your debts. Your life debts. This system explains why the Yopal are never short of recruits for their Imperial Guard Regiment. The Yopal Indentured Squadrons are known equally well across the galaxy for both their fine marksmanship and their intense greed. They really like their money, because they don't get to keep a lot of it. The question of recompense is often raised by the officers of the indentured squadrons, and every life they take is, is tallied somewhere around the soldier's person to be raised at a later date with the planetary government in pursuit of payment of their debts. So they're basically like, hey, I've killed this many people, might you be able to, like, you know, uh, clock off some of my debt? That would be greatly appreciated. And the final regiment that I'm going to go into for this, uh, for this segment, which might get broken up into two parts, uh, is the Kaelden Hunters. 
Uh, which, uh... Yeah, okay, not gonna lie, I don't actually know what army these guys are based on. The Kaelden Hunters are Imperial Guard regiments raised from the complex clans of the feral world of Kaelden. This world is invaluable in contributing several of the toughest, if least disciplined, regiments in the Imperium. These guys are your, your, your crazy boys, they're quirky. Each regiment is drawn from a single clan, and Kaeldoni regiments inevitably fight all the harder to prove their superiority over a regiment from a rival clan. So basically, these dudes are basically like, we're better than you, nah-uh, yeah-huh, yeah, alright, I'm gonna kill more. It's basically the Gimli Legolas uh, uh, dynamic in Lord of the Rings. And, uh, yeah, that's all. It's not all of them. There's, like, I don't know, there's, like, a, there's like a bajillion different, uh, different regiments. But I decided to just go into, uh, the major ones, or the ones that are considered to be major, anyway. Uh, like, how many did we actually get through? There's, like, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve... 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19... Yeah, okay, so we went through almost 20 different troops, and that different regiments, and that still wasn't all of them. But yeah, this this is what I'm talking about when I say it's like, all, like, all of these guys are very... All these regiments are very different from each other, and even though they are still serving the Imperium of Mankind, they are very different from the Space Marines. I really like the Imperial Guard. They are very admirable fighters, very admirable people, and, uh, you know, the Imperial Guard will hold. They shall not pass. They shall never pass. And yeah, this is why we must continue the good fight, even though I'm I probably wouldn't play Imperium of Man anyway. Like, not gonna lie. <laughs> um, but yeah, next time, I'll probably go into a bit more detail on the other smaller Imperium uh, soldiers. We've gotten through the Space Marines, we've gotten through the Imperial Guard. There are still many other uh, smaller groups that are, I guess you could say are factions, but like they're a lot smaller. But yeah, in any case, I will see you guys uh, next time, next episode. Um, this, uh, I feel as though the next, the next Warhammer episode that I do probably will be like the last one I do for a while anyway, because uh, we've been discussing a lot of Warhammer for quite a while. It's time to change things up a little bit, and I've got stuff to change things up too. But in any case, I hope you all enjoyed, and I will see you guys next time uh, for the for more glory of the Emperor. Until then, serve the Emperor and have a good one.